Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha. And I'm Paddy. As we have done for Susan, Barbara and Ian before her, in today's special rambling in the TARDIS, we will take a look back at Vicky. We will be talking about her strengths and her weaknesses and picking out her best and worst episodes. We would also love to hear your thoughts on Vicky. To join in the discussion, you can check us out at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at timetravellingteam at teamproductions.com. Cool. So, Trish, before we give into, no, I suppose like we'll do the overall of the character afterwards, because that would make the most sense. So, are you still fuming after her <laughs> sudden departure? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. It, it's still very raw. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably talk about it later on in the overall. But yes, I'm still miffed about how this character left the show. So this session is a salt in the wounds thing for you. A little bit, a little bit. Although in fairness, yeah. most of these ramblings are kind of a... They start off salt in the wounds because I have to highlight the fact that the person is no longer on the show. But then it becomes cathartic towards the end. So maybe we'll have the same effect this time. Okay, so for anyone that is listening now at the moment and carries on with us through to the end, mark that statement down for when we get to Sarah Jane Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so as we do with everyone we have the four categories as we said earlier on which are their strengths their weaknesses their best episodes and their not so best episodes (laughs) so do we want to start off with her strengths and go into her weaknesses or do we want to do the other way around oh we usually do strengths first let's start with her strengths okay so i think again part of the healing process is maybe you should go first (laughs) Okay, so for Vicky's strengths, I have a few things noted down. The first one is is actually my favourite thing about Vicky. Um, although it's the one thing that I probably, in certain circumstances, understand the least. Which is that she sees the beauty in every living creature. Yeah, and we get that from her very first episode. So, like, mm. in the rescue, that weird freaking Sandy, right? <laughs> Let's call it that, yeah. right? I don't know how to describe it. But <laughs> you're beautiful she, on the inside yeah she sees the beauty in every living creature you know whether it's a weird like prehistoric dog dinosaur looking thing or whether it's a giant ant or whether it's a michelin man crossed with a roomba you know and that's one of the great things about her you know, it's one of the things that sort of highlights the fact that like she is still quite young you know, and she's just sort of innocent, but in a nice way, not in a innocent equals dumb kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. She's not, she's not ditzy. Yeah. Very good. And that sort of like leads on to the next thing, which is like, she is incredibly intelligent. And it's one of the things that, you know, I'll get to it later on when we talk about overall, but it's one of the things that I wish we'd gotten to see more. We, we got some nice examples of it. But they were mostly throwaway examples, with one exception I'll get to later. Um, but she is incredibly intelligent. You know, I wouldn't say she's like on the level of the Doctor, but they can have a very intelligent conversation that, for example, in, you know, before the current season, but like in season two, you know, they could have really high level conversations that Ian and Barbara had no clue what they were talking about. Yeah. And she could converse on that level, which was great. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Like, for me, 
the the strengths I have are that she's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, she's courageous. Very she's definitely so. confident. She's definitely confident. <laughs> she's compassionate and she's caring. And like you know, you know, with the compassionate side of things, you know, we had we talked about Sandy, but then in the web plan we have Zombo. You know, like this creature, which you know, a couple of minutes ago was more than content to try and kill her but now that it's under their control she kind of goes oh can we please keep it can we can we can we i think a lot of that though is i think she's very because she's quite intelligent she recognizes things for what they are so like if Mm. you look at sandy like as much as she says oh it's a pet and i've trained it and whatever i mean if we think back to that episode it was used as a deterrent for intruders do you know the those swords that were pushing Ian off the edge of the cliff. The point was to drop him down into where Sandy ate. That was the point. Yeah. But Vicky doesn't look at it from a it's an evil creature. She looks at it from it's a creature and that's what it does. Do you know it has to eat? Hmm. What why is this a problem? And the same with the Zarbi, it's like, well, this is a mind controlled ant. So now we've taken away the evil mind control. It's just an ant. And like at the end of the episode, we see her like playing with one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and she just sees everything for what it is. She doesn't see malicious intent or malicious intent doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, I think she's one of those people, you know, like, when you see like, you know, those like um, conservation videos of like, you know, snow leopards and all this type of stuff. And it's like, adopt a snow leopard. And they show like the cubs and they like go, oh, and then someone says, but they grow up. And like a lot of people, like I think Vicky's one of those ones that would go, I know, but that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. Yeah, exactly. That's very much the way yeah. she is. I actually see that if Vicky was alive, like current day, she'd be one of those people, like she'd have the most off the wall pets. Like, oh, not only just spiders and snakes and stuff, but like really random fucking shit that no one would ever keep as a pet. Like a Komodo dragon walking down like Grafton Street on a leash or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other things that I really love about Vicky and you kind of touched on it there I mean if you think about the words that you just used for it there so she's very caring and compassionate she's intelligent and she's courageous Mm -hmm. if you think about the group we saw her in the TARDIS with the most I'm going to exclude Stephen from this for the moment because he came in after her but if we look at the group that she joined they were courageous caring compassionate and very intelligent yeah and she sort of has the best bits of each of them in a way if that makes sense no no i'd agree like because like one thing i was going to ask you is that like the initial crew was the doctor susan ian and barbara and now obviously susan loved ian and barbara very much and you'd be kind of wondering did they take on a big brother and sister type role or an aunt and uncle type role or a paternal type role I but and you suppose you'd ask the same question here for Vicky who is actually an orphan who has no other family members and so the TARDIS becomes her family so what type of relationship dynamic do you think she would have had with them so or would it just be really really close friends so for me I definitely see the doctor Ian Barbara and Susan as a family unit and yeah that was pseudo planned you know originally barbara in particular was meant to be younger she was meant to be like in her early 20s um they aged her up a small bit um Mm -hmm. so that was kind of intentional and you could tell that susan looked to 
Ian and Barbara as parental figures. That's very obvious when you watch it. Vicky doesn't have that dynamic with them. I think the difference is that Vicky recognises the fact that while yes, they're older, she's kind of more experienced when it comes to a lot of the stuff that they do because she's from the future yeah. and she's more advanced than they are. So I think the dynamic with Vicky, Ian and Barbara, I think is very much a sort of older sibling or like an older cousin that you see, like that you sort of grew up with, do you know? Yeah. Where there is a considerable age difference, but like you still kind of hang out a lot and stuff like that. That's sort of the dynamic I see with them. Whereas with Ian, Barbara and Susan, it was very much Ian and Barbara had to take care of Susan. Mm. And, you know, maybe that wasn't what she needed, but it's a role they all kind of fell into. Yeah, no, that that kind of makes sense because like we were just saying that we're taking the best bits of the people that she was with. You don't necessarily need to be family or a close family to take those kind of best bits like because like for example like when you're on about cousins older cousins you know with a big age difference you know i have a lot of cousins yeah. and a lot of them are quite older than i am and one of my cousins uh was like i would say that he was kind of instrumental in getting myself and my brothers in some small part in, in getting into science fiction so like he would be someone like that i would take the best bits of his personality from to mm. you know that type of apply to everyday life i suppose mm. the last strength i have for vicky and then we can move on to her weaknesses is mm. a sort of the culmination of what we were just talking about in terms of family dynamics and how does the family of the tardis work out which is that vicky is incredibly close to the doctor mm-hmm. almost immediately like she latches on to him like a lifeline the minute he walked in to that crash ship but one of the things that I love about her and I think is a strength of... I don't know if I think it's a strength as a person, but the strength of the character that they wrote is she's basically the little doctor. Do you know? She's always yeah. up for adventure. He says it himself. Like he's, She's always looking to see what's over the next hill. And the two of them together are golden. Do you know? Like, I said it when Ian and Barbara left the show. I was like... Can you imagine just the Doctor and Vicky wandering around space on their own, just the two of them? You you kind of get the impression like that, like if there was ever a Halloween episode, like Vicky would just dress up like the Doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I love that about her. I love that it sort of it draws you into her as a character in a, in a big way. So that that was my last strength that I had for her. Yeah, like I I think we're kind of on the same board with the or same page with uh, the strengths side of things because like she was definitely she was a very she was a very strong character and the weaknesses which i think we'll move on to now aren't weaknesses in the classical sense they're more like character flaws than anything yeah in my estimation i think particularly with vicky i think they're very much believable personality flaws like they're not like weaknesses in the sense of you know she's a coward or something like that but they're very much she's a well-rounded person so she's going to have negative things everyone does for me i have two that really stood out one carrying on from what i just said you know she's always up for adventure to see what's over the next hill but i don't think she always considers what could actually be over there do you know and no absolutely not the the best example i can give of that is her fucking exit 
staying in fucking Troy. Like, that was not a well-thought-out conversation in the fucking least. No. Because, like, it's... You've had... How many how many conversations with this guy? Three. And, yeah, three conversations with this guy. And, like, that, that just could be it. That could be the extent of how much you like this person. Yeah, and, you know... I don't at least, like, like at least Susan. Go on. At least Susan and David kissed. Yeah, Susan and David kissed. They play. They were playful with each other. They interacted in a variety of environments. Do you know they first met when they were when Vicky when sorry they first met when Susan was effectively recruited into their anti Dalek resistance thing, but then mm-hmm. they worked together. They had you know interactions together. She cooked him food. They had playful moments. They were cute, like. But the thing that yeah. makes Susan's... Now, Susan's is still upsetting because it wasn't her choice. It was a choice she wanted to make, but she didn't have the courage to make. So the doctor made it for her. But I imagine if Susan was slightly older at the time and felt a bit more comfortable with the doctor sort of traveling by himself, mm. we know that Susan can survive pretty much not a problem on earth in you know what is it 2100s or whatever because she has lived in other time periods do you know mm. other than a couple of weird like anachronisms she did quite fine in the 1960s do you know well, one or two weird things that kind of made people quirk an eyebrow about her but overall she was fine and where she was staying people knew and accepted the fact that she wasn't from there do you know like david knew yeah she was from the future and david knew who she was whereas in vicky's case no one believes she's from the future not really they think that she's some weird like yeah. um suits crazy suits old suits or something like that yeah and they don't they won't they refuse to call her by her actual name and you know troilus doesn't even know who she really is so that to me just sort of shows like this sense of adventure you need to think things through a little bit Vicky yeah you mean you're not Trojan but uh, but honestly I, I am nice that doesn't matter <laughs> the other one I had for her and then I'll hand it over to you for your ones is mm. she has this cheeky playful nature which is great mm. and it's very funny to watch but it can come across as incredibly rude and mean-spirited hmm do you know, I don't think it's intentional. You're know, like a lot of people who do it that way. But it can come across as rude and mean-spirited. And the best comparison to make, and we've discussed this on the show before, is when you and I worked together, mm-hmm. making pizzas for a living, yes. and I would take the mickey out of you, you knew the way it was intended. Yeah. Other people around us didn't. <laughs> And just thought I was a right bitch. That all I did was deride my friends at work. Um, which which wasn't the case. It was funny. And you used to take the piss out of me when it would come off as well. Yeah. I, that was the thing. It was always like situational based stuff. Like it was like if you ever made a mistake, I would leap on my one and only opportunity of which to make fun of you. And <laughs> that, that was it. Yeah. I think the difference with Vicky is like just because we never really see, with the exception of the chase where uh, Ian called her stupid or something. Um, We never see that playful nature going the other direction. No. 
which is why it comes off as a little bit rude and mean-spirited because we don't see it as a two-way street if that makes sense no it, it does like because like wh- wh- like you pointed out that when like on the the chase that when ian does call her a twit it's like jesus that came out of nowhere yeah like we, we've never seen we've never seen that level of um kind of back and forth between them that wasn't even back and forth it was just him calling her a twit but uh no that is one of my things already is that at times she can be rude and slightly condescending and all i just have in my head is like barbara reaching her breaking point and doing that thing from pulp fiction where it's like call me old call me old one more goddamn time i (laughs) i dare you i double dare you motherfucker call me old (laughs) and then just like just kicking her uh, out of the tardis but um yeah no so like there are i think it's like she is like she's always 16 and we've Mm -hmm. we've been told uh time and again like that like her dad died in the crash and that she's her mom had passed away a lot earlier Mm. And is it one of those things of where, like, you know, you know, most other movies, you, you'd see like that, that type of character would be like the sassy um, heroine. Yeah. Whereas here, because we have the established uh, heroes and heroines or heroes already, is that um, she comes in, it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, what gives you the fucking right to speak to people this type of way, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if, like saying that, I wonder if part of it is... And this is totally like in-universe stuff because out-of-universe, obviously, they didn't think this through in this yeah. way, I don't think. Um, but in-universe, I wonder if like her mother died when she was quite young mm-hmm. and she was raised with her dad. So I wonder if it's just like she was always around the lads, Do you know, like po- she was possibly. on this ship with her dad and like she was always with her dad's friends and, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, like, you know, she watches like her dad and his friends insult each other for hours and then it's like here Vicky you have a go and at which point it just kind of goes okay pair it back a small bit yeah but you know what I mean like she'd see like adults riffing on each other do you know mm. and so she just naturally does that as well but yeah when you don't have that relationship with them it just comes across as rude like I said yeah and the last thing I have is and I kind of said it again on the chase is that despite her high level intellect and her vast you know education to the future what sort of fucking fool says hey Dracula look out (laughs) (laughs) fuck it let him get staked shot whatever run yeah I I do (laughs) I have this image of like the first time you were watching that you know you're watching on your laptop or whatever (laughs) I have this image of you like I think you would have been living in Deer Park as I was thinking of you like on the couch in Deer Park watching the story <laughs> so when that comes I was going like you fucking donkey what are you doing <laughs> Act- you're not far off I-, I was on a laptop but I was actually uh, it was my final year of college so oh. um, it was when I was living across the way from the campus oh yeah, yeah. and um, yeah I was just there like you know having my dinner and like, then I was like uh, look out I just mouthful of food raised the eyebrow and I was like there's no one around here that I can look at <laughs> there's no one around I can share my confusion with God damn it, where's Trish? <laughs> That's probably in the lab. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so how about we move on to the best bits and the worst bits? Yeah, so for me, I have two for each. All right, yep. So we'll start with her best moments. Yeah. I think it's definitely, this for me anyway, it's the Space Museum and the Chase. And I would put the Chase number one and the Space Museum number two. I think the only reason for that is that I think the chase is kind of a stronger story than the space museum overall. So 
that kind of helps elevate that a bit. But the reason yeah. why I like her in both of those is we get to see this intelligence she was bragging about for ages. Yeah. So she, like, from literally the moment we met her, she was going on about how she knew all this kind of stuff, whatever. And we finally get to see that, which is great. We get to see her working independently in both of those situations. So in the Space Museum, she's obviously working with Boba Fett and the rest of the Resistance. Um, yeah. And then in the chase, you know, she, after being a total donkey and getting left behind, you know, she's on that Dalek timeship and she's trying to contact the others. She's trying to find her way out. You know, she's very much using her intelligence and her intellect and jumping in with both feet into a situation where she could have very easily just cowered in the corner and she didn't. Mm. And particularly with the chase as well, you know, at the end when we talked about it, when we talked about Ian and Barbara, the level of maturity she shows would Ian and Barbara want to leave. And, you know, we talked about the fact, like, would Vicky have tried to stop them? Or would Susan rather have tried to stop them? And yeah, we, we agree that she probably would. It would have been like a really upsetting scene to yeah. watch. And it's not that Vicky's not friends with them because she is. And she cares about them mm. a great deal. But she's also intelligent enough to realize that they didn't have a choice. And, mm. you know, she comments it on herself. The two of them are perfectly happy to lounge on the couch eating grapes and having a chat. Yeah. And that's it. And it's her compassion and her recognizing other people. It's her ability to read other people, which kind of goes back to the whole like seeing people for what they are type thing. Mm-hmm. That she's the one who calms the doctor down in that situation, yeah. which is great. So for me, those are her top two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm there with you on one of them and I have a completely different one for the other one. So the two that I picked are actually the Space Museum mm. and the Romans. Wow. Uh, the Space Museum, again, because she got to show off the intelligence that she was bragging about. She helps, as you said, uh, Boba Fett lead the Mandalorians to victory against the evil empire of Gary Glitter fandom. Uh, so, no, um, yeah, look, it's... This was the first practical application we got to see of her advanced education. Mm. And it it was great. I thought I thought it was really good. It was a great character standout moment because s- splitting like I've likened, you know, early days of who to like an RPG. Yeah. And you know, in RPGs one of the m- main rules is don't split the party because well, it's a headache for the the GM to come up with stuff and then it's just like uh you're just going to be fighting for screen time. Whereas in this you can split the party and you can have four or three or however many way you want to split it. You can have four fantastic storylines all going together at the same time. Mm. And I think Vicky's one was definitely the strongest of the four in the Space Museum. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, as, like you know, it's great seeing the Doctor be Yoda and be funny, like tricking a machine into looking at penny farting bicycles. It's always great seeing Barbara being a badass. It's always good. Get, it's great to see Ian you know, being like the chivalrous action man. Mm. But for a character that had so few standout moments uh, throughout now, this was like a great, you know, solo lead or solo performance. And when it comes to the Romans, I like the Romans because straight off the bat, her first adventure, like she fits in like a glove. Like, I remember I watched the Romans before I watched The Rescue and... 
<laughs> I see that face. <laughs> uh, no, because like, I watched I watched the Romans before I watched the Rescue because you recommended it, and I was like, okay, I wonder how long this character has been with the crew in order to you know get to this level of whatever. But it's it's straight there, and like we get to see our relationship with the Doctor, which you know is st- the start of the whole mini Doctor side of things that they're they're very kind of back and forth in the sense of you can give as good as you get type thing she's like she's sweet at times she's really funny and like we also get we got to see like a taste of how she handled things by herself in terms of no we don't know the ramifications of the choice that she was making but her own internal conscious couldn't conscience couldn't allow someone to be poisoned yeah which is why she so like i i really liked that one and in terms of the chase the chase was a middling one for me because yeah she does have some really cool moments like you know, she gets stuck on the Dalek ship and she you know like does her best to try and communicate and she alerts them to the fake doctor but that's balanced by what she did to end up on the Dalek ship <laughs> so yeah there was this that this character's side of entire on screen time ruined by one line <laughs> no but I I want to put it in as like it's not it's not a bad moment it's not a good moment but it's it wouldn't be something i would put in the if i was to ask for the best of which i've asked here now for me it wouldn't be the chase while the chase is a good story for her it's there are some decisions that are good and some decisions that are bad yeah i think it's interesting i I didn't consider the romans now that you've mentioned it i kind of do um i would probably put the romans Mm. in my number three spot i think because when Mm. i think of the romans i think of the Mm. ian and barbara storyline predominantly in that yeah. story so everything else sort of gets pushed out Push of my side. brain and with <laughs> yeah. the exception of saving barbara's life vicky doesn't really contribute as much to that story which mm. is why i generally don't think of her as a predominant character in that story but in saying that i think you and i have picked the chase and the romans respectively for yeah. essentially the same reason which yeah. is that we see the full sort of spectrum of her character Mm. in a way you know for the romans it's we get to see her compassion her sense of adventure the fact that like she fits like a glove like she clearly like you'd think that she'd been with these people for ages and when they literally just left the previous place they'd been um where they picked her up and for me with the chase then it's you know we get to see we get to see the wide range of her character like going back to even to the first episode we get to see her restlessness and her childishness we get to see her sense of adventure. We get to see her humor slash rudeness. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. We get to see her intelligence. And, you know, even with the stupid fucking donkey moment of mm. telling Dracula to look out. Yeah. It does show her compassion as well. She doesn't know that that's not a real person. Yeah. All she knows is she knows what the Daleks can do because she's heard mm. of them before. And this person is just standing there so she's going to warn them so i think i would add the romans as as my number three spot now that we've discussed it but i personally i still think the chase is her is her most well-rounded story like normally we do do uh (laughs) do do uh total humor it's great uh normally we do have like a top three per character and going back through the rest of the stories the chase probably would slot into the number three position for me but one other thing that I just realized about the chase that I thought was I never really thought about until right now was that she seems superstitious as well. You know, like when they find 
the ring in the ground. I that's not superstitious. I, I don't read that as superstitious. I read that yeah. as every time I walk across a bridge that's like a rural bridge, you know, a bridge in a rural yeah. area, like a stone bridge. Yeah. I instinctively walk faster. Because when I was little when we were when we used to go to Castle Gregory on holidays. Yeah. There was like, you know, the bridge on the way up to the village. And yeah. every time we'd come up to that bridge, my mum would tell me the story of the three billy goats. Because that bridge has nowhere for a pedestrian. Yeah. So if a car comes, you could get hit by a car. Yeah. So not quite superstition, but like this sort of inbuilt yeah, self-defense mechanism sort of, to hurry the fuck up. It's a of your childhood and you just sort of instinctively yeah. do the thing. So I would consider her story of like the fairy ring or whatever it was yeah. to be similar to me and billy goats. <laughs> Yeah. No, like yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like I think yeah, superstition is a small bit or I suppose it's the fact that even with her education, the childhood stories still lend a small bit of credence. Yeah. Yeah. So how about we move on to the low the, the low spectrum? Yeah, so for her not so great performances, because I don't think Vicky actually yeah. has any bad episodes as such. No. She she does have like ones where it's just like uh come on vicky um yeah but like she has no reign of terror i'll put it that way yeah that's and i was just going to say that like not to like you know kind of besmirch or piss on the work of another character in the show she doesn't have those moments yeah but the two that i would consider to be her weakest stories mm-hmm. are the crusade and the web planet yeah because you could take her out of those stories and absolutely bugger all would change. You could de- definitely with your crusade. I agree with you hundred percent in the sense of, as I pointed out at the time, like the the main people in that story are Barbara and Ian. Yeah. And the Doctor is just observing historical events. He's not getting involved in. He's not trying to manip- He's not accidentally manipulating stuff, or he's not getting involved in the palace schemes. He's just ad- ad- uh, observing them, and Vicky as a proxy is like there with as his fellow observee and I think the only time she really has any bit of a, a moment is when uh, she has her kind of back and forth with the Earl of Leicester yeah but the doctor has one as well which is why it's sort of yeah yeah so yeah like that like it, that it's kind of rendered a small bit moosh or superfluous yeah so it's just like she's not there that's pretty much what it is she's just not there yeah with the web planet, I mean, I'm trying to think about what she contributed in the web planet. Um, Zombo. Okay, that, that's a cute moment. But again, if you took that <laughs> yeah. out, <laughs> yeah, doesn't really change um, much. Like, for my notes, what I have is I don't think she contributed a whole lot. Like she and she really kind of she could have really fucked things up because when the the TARDIS starts getting dragged away her immediate reaction is to start pressing and slapping buttons and switches and say you have no idea how this ship operates you have no idea what you're potentially doing you could be stranding your friends here yeah I mean fundamentally it does nothing because there's no power yeah but it could have done something yeah Um, and like the one sort of kick-ass moment she could have had never actually happened which is you know Vicky brandishing a spider hmm she does it twice and it doesn't it never ever comes up ever again yeah like it's it the way that it kind of in my head is like it was like those oh what you think happens versus what really happens and 
in my head, I think the best way to kind of equi- uh, make an equivalent is like when Sam picks up the light of Elendil in Return of the King mm. and he brandishes it and all the spiders back the fuck off. Yeah. That's probably what they were probably going for. Whereas with Vicky, it's like, you know, you pick up a spider and you show it to your friend and you're like, uh, uh, that type of thing. Yeah, but also, like, the Zarbi were terrified shitless of it. She mm. used it twice. I w- and she clearly has no problem holding a spider. That's not a problem for her. Just keep it in your fucking pocket. Yeah. Mm. Do you know? <laughs> like, just keep it Take in your s- pocket and <laughs> use it all the time. Take a spider, put it in your pocket. Take a spider, put it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, because I, when that first kicked off, that part of it, I had a weird moment. I was like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be really cool? And this is jumping the timeline a bit. But wouldn't it be really cool yeah. if the animus was like at war with the giant spiders of Metabilis. Mm-hmm. Or the Rachnos or any of the yeah. other like arachnid species that we see. Yeah. I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then it wasn't that at all. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, actually, that that's one thing kind of going back to just the Space Museum is that's the first time you ever get a bit of a concept of rec- or big villains being at odds with each other. Because, you know, like obviously we had the Dalek, be it as either just one Dalek or the representative of their victory over the Daleks. We, we'll never know. Um, like, you'd be kind of wondering about like all the amazing conflicts that the big villains or the big bads could be having outside of what we see in the show. And, but yeah, like with the Web Planet, it was, yeah, I think it would have been kind of cool to maybe have just one or two lines about why they are so afraid of spiders. Yeah. Did you have any other episodes listed under your... I don't, see, I don't think so. Because, like, again, everything would come down to having good and bad bits in it mm. that wouldn't necessarily lend itself towards being a worst or a best moment. Like, that's why I suppose like, uh, if we were looking at you know, a number three slot in each section, uh, the chase would go into the positive side of things. And I would say maybe the mitt makers would go into the worst moments because of the nature of the departure yeah for from both from both a character standpoint and a production standpoint yeah i did i did struggle with not putting that on the list i'll be honest which people who listened to my rant on monday would probably be like <laughs> <laughs> they probably would have guaranteed i put it on the list um but i didn't because yeah. we try to keep it to the story as opposed yeah. to the decisions made around it but e- but even then like as you kind of said that Knowing someone for a grand total of like what eighteen hours, mm. and having three conversations with them, like okay, there are times you know love at first sight and being instantly smitten with someone. I sometimes it works, other times it doesn't, and that's the type of scenario where, like, I think if they had wanted to do that, they should have done it from episode one. Yeah, and they should have had a lot more back and forth between them yeah I think I think the reason why it didn't make the list and I, I would put it in the middle so it wouldn't be a best and it wouldn't be a worst it would be somewhere in the middle yeah. yeah is it's just that moment at the end and I don't think it takes away from the Vicky we saw throughout the story which is someone who doesn't need someone to come rescue her she was doing perfectly fine on her own Um, you know the king loved her the princes loved her yeah. you know she was perfectly fine by yeah. herself until Stephen came and cocked it up so <laughs> that that's kind of why it didn't make it in for me but you know speaking of the myth makers yes 
Vicky has now left. Yes. What do you think... We're going to just do this quite quickly, I think. So, what impact did Vicky's leaving have on you? If we compare it to Susan and Ian and Barbara. And then, you know, what's your overall feeling on the character as a whole? So, the impact of Vicky leaving... The, it's the same as the first time because now I haven't watched the majority of these episodes for over 10 years mm. okay since my first big watch through and I'm still kind of left with the exact same thing uncertainty we when Susan left we still had Ian and Barbara when Ian and Barbara left we had Vicky who'd been with the crew for a very long time and and she had associated with Ian and Barbara who'd been there since day one now we're left with Stephen and so far Stephen has been very up and down mm. for me so I'm curious as to see how the dynamic of the Doctor and his and Stephen and any other new companions coming into it I think Katarina might have a bit of a shout because she's left in the TARDIS with them how it will be and so like, I am sad to see Vicky go because I quite enjoyed uh, watching Vicky and I so trying you now trying to place her in you know the rankings of my companions uh, from just a estimated memory she's probably in my top 10 mm. but toward towards like the 9 10 mark but obviously the the more we review the more that that might get pushed back to a top 15 or top whatever and in terms of the four that have now left where is she in that four i would say she's firmly entrenched in the number three spot okay because as much as I like Susan in shows or episodes like the Sensorites or her uh, scenes from the Aztecs, I can't help but can't go back to the Keys of Marinus and the Reign of Terror mm. and stuff like that. And it's, I th- I think that Vicky was probably a stronger character than Susan overall. I can see that. I can see that. For me, Vicky leaving was. It was interesting because, like I said, Stephen has kind of been up and down. We've only had like three stories with him as a companion at this point. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going to come next because I haven't seen it. So I have no idea what's coming. But mm-hmm. for me, it didn't hit me the same way Ian and Barbara leaving hit me. And I don't think a lot of them are going to hit me as much of as much as that. Um, no. I it, didn't connect it's, it's, with it's, her it's... on the same level mm-hmm. that I connected with them. um saying that though i am very sad that she's not going to be on it anymore because i think when we talk about when we think about modern companions and the relationship they have with the doctor i think vicky was really the first sign of friends having fun together because like we said that like barbara kind of inspired like the way donna speaks back to the doctor and stuff like that but yeah. their relationship was quite tumultuous because of the way it started vicky started as fun yeah it started as sad but like it started as you know it was fun from the first story that she was there proper so if you compare it to like amy or if you compare it to clara or something like that you kind of get more of that with Vicky and the Doctor. And I kind of wanted to see more of that. The two of them were freaking adorable. Yeah. And so while it didn't emotionally hit me as much as Ian and Barbara leaving did, I am disappointed we're not going to get to see more. And I think the guy who fired Maureen for having an opinion is a dick. Big time. 
in terms of where I would rank her overall with my companions to be honest I don't really know I generally don't think outside my top five she's not in my top five overall um I don't really mm-hmm. go beyond that because it just chops and changes depending on my mood in terms of the four who have left though I actually liked Susan more all right I, I love Vicky and her interactions with the doctor but I didn't connect with Vicky as a character and I right. think I connected more with Susan from a sort of I can be quite mumsy to people as you're aware yes which is ironic since you're the parent in this friendship and I'm not um (laughs) but Susan I wanted to take care of and I sort of had that connection with that character through that I think also because Ian and Barbara wanted to take care of her and I connected with Ian and Barbara I connected with the way they connected with Susan that makes sense Vicky is a really fun character to watch but I didn't really have an emotional connection to her. I liked watching yeah. her on screen, but I didn't really emotionally connect with her. So for me, it's she's the fourth, but like that's not bad. It's hmm. four out of four people that I had a good experience watching. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like you know, where you talk about, say, you you talk about like famous trilogies of movies like the original Star Wars trilogy or other stuff or even like the Alien trilogy uh, you'd be kind of going just because something's in the final slot doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing no it just makes it the one that you want you would go back you'd go back to least if you were given the option to go back yeah exactly and I think that that's yeah. a really good way of putting it I probably wouldn't watch any of Vicky's stories that don't have Ian or Barbara in them with the yeah. exception of the handful of clips I'd watch of the time meddler that make me laugh my ass off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> a ringing endorsement for the time meddler. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do get your, your point about you know emotional connections to characters. Like your top five are your top five for a reason. Yeah, they're the character. They're the characters that you 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 empathize with the most because you see your part of yourself in them or part mm. of themselves in you. Anything past that, it it feels like you're diminishing the impact that those five characters had. Like you can still appreciate characters, you can still enjoy seeing them on screen, but you don't necessarily have to connect with them in order to like them to that extent. Yeah. So another uh, another rambling has gone by. Another person has left the TARDIS crew onto potentially bigger and better things, but never. That's not. It's it's not going to be the case at all. Yeah, I really <laughs> bigger to things, crack out my copy of the Iliad to see how that story yeah. ends. <laughs> Um, I would say uh, listen to Frostfire which is her first companion chronicle that she did for Big Finish that kind of takes place after Troy and it's it's a really good story it's actually it's her narrating a story an adventure that she had now I think it's with Stephen and the Doctor but it could also be with Barbara and Ian I'm not entirely sure but I'd say to check it out cool I will add that to my list yeah, it's Maureen O'Brien speaking for like an hour. Like, what, like what more could you? <laughs> yeah, she's great. So we will call it there on another yes, rambling. We, we will be back mm-hmm. on Monday mm-hmm. with the Daleks master plan. Ooh. Yes, indeed. I know. What's that going to be? I wonder what they're up to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If you have any thoughts or and feelings about Vicky as a character that you want to share, you can reach out to us on our socials that we share at the top of the show. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.